My name, if you don't know, my name is Ben. I'm the campus pastor here at City Campus, and it's an honor and a privilege to be able to preach today. And um, it's an honor, Pastor Rob, for giving me this opportunity to preach. Come on, can we give it up for our lead pastors really quick, Pastor Rob and Becca? It's been a crazy year, and, and they've handled it so well. And so we're going to go into Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you. If not, I want to read some scripture. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, but just to recap, two weeks ago, Pastor Rob talked through the book of Daniel. He, he, his title was, What Book of Daniel Are We In? And he talked through chapter 1 and chapter 3 and chapter 6. And then last week, if you were here, Pastor Kirk, uh, the campus pastor of Apple Valley, he preached on Daniel 1. And today I'm going to preach on Daniel 3. I'm going to read a few verses here. Uh, Daniel chapter 3. Just then, some Babylonian fortune tellers stepped up and accused the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You gave strict orders, O king, but when the big band started playing, everyone had to fall to their knees and worship the gold statue. And whoever did not go to their knees and worship, it had to be pitched into a roaring furnace. Well, there are some Jews here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Someone, fun names to say right there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have placed in high positions in the province of Babylon. These men are ignoring you, O king. They don't respect your gods and won't worship the gold statue you set up. Furious, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought in. When the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't respect my gods and refuse to worship the gold statue that I've set up? I'm giving you a second. But from now on, when the big band strikes up, you must go to your knees and worship the gold statue I've made. If you don't, you will be pitched into a roaring furnace. No questions. Who is it? Who is the God who can rescue you from my powers? Like, this is a crazy story. Like, you know, people read the Bible and they say the Bible is boring. No, like, this stuff is crazy. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, King Nebuchadnezzar, your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from the roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up. O oh, king, but even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of a difference. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Nebuchadnezzar, his face purple with anger, cut off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace fired up seven times, hotter than usual. He ordered some strong men from the army to tie them up, hands and feet, to throw them into the roaring furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, bound hand and foot, fully dressed from head to toe, were pitched into the roaring fire. Because the king was in such a hurry, the furnace was so hot. Flames from the furnace killed the men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. While the fire raged around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, suddenly King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm and said, didn't we throw in three men bound hand and foot into the fire? That's right, O king. And they said, but look, I see four men walking around freely in the fire, completely unharmed. And the title of my message this morning, just for the next 20 minutes, is Stand Up. Stand up. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for every single person that chose to be in church today. And there's so many things going on in our culture right now, in this world, in this year. But I pray that through this message, we are encouraged to be able to stand up. God, stand up for what it says in the word. Stand up for loving people. Stand up for our family. And God, I pray that I get out of the way. God, I pray that you speak through me. And I believe that people will walk away changed, completely different in Jesus' name. 
Amen and amen. Hey, 2020 has been a crazy year. I know many of you realize that. And a lot of people can look back in 2020, maybe in a couple years, and they, they may say it's a bad year. But I believe that you can find good in any situation. You can find good in any season. And I just believe that today you're going to find good. I believe that coming to church, God is going to put people in your way. God's going to put relationships in your way, conversations, maybe this message that there's good even in the bad. That's what I've been trying to figure out. That's what I've been trying to pray for is, God, okay, I realize there's been some bad things happening, some frustrating things. Sometimes I don't know the answer, but I believe that I can find good in it. And a few things uh, as I look back on 2020 that I believe are really good is number one is me and my wife, Emma, are having a quarantine baby. Come on, somebody. We are pregnant with number two. That is good in 2020. Everyone's saying it's a bad year. I'm saying it's a good year because baby number two is coming. Boy or girl, I know if you want to find out, maybe we can talk after service. Um, I'm excited about it, though. Uh, There's a lot of good happening. That's the first thing that's happening that's good. But also, with all the time that we've been quarantined, I've got to really spend time with my daughter, Bailey. And it's been the greatest privilege of my life to be able to be there for the first of many, many things, first steps, well, almost steps. She's kind of wobbling now. She's standing up, kind of walking on a, a little, I don't know what you call it, a little toy. But her first time saying dada, first time saying mama, first tooth, uh, first solid food. Like if it wasn't for quarantine, I might have missed it. So I'm trying to find good even in, in the bad. And like I said before, she's at that stage now, but it's, it's like any day she's going to start walking and, and she's standing up. And it's funny because when she stands up, you know, she's like her knees are, are shaking and she stands up for maybe a second and then she'll fall right back down or, you know, she'll fall forward. And she's never really certain as she stands. And this past week, as I watched her stand, I realized this is, this is my life. Like, we're, we're called to stand up. This whole message is, is, is about standing up. But I'm realizing that as I try to stand for God, as I try to stand for my family, as I st- try to stand for what's right, I look a lot like my daughter. I look a lot like I'm trying to stand, but my knees are shaking, and I, I stand for a moment, but then I fall down, and I'm never really certain, should I be standing right now? And I feel like this is what God's calling me to do, and I feel like we can all relate to that. And maybe you find yourself in that. It's like, I feel like this is what God's calling me to do, but <laughs> I'm like shaking. I don't know if, if it's right, and I believe it is, that all we have to do is stand, all we're called to do is stand, and God will see us through. See, it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on you. See, th- this message, I'm not preaching this message about saying, saying, hey, you need to stand up strong. I'm saying you need to stand up scared. You need to do it afraid. And I believe that there, God's put people on your heart. God put prompts on your heart and you are scared. But all you have to do is stand and God will see you through. When you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like some pretty incredible things that they're saying, you know, it's like they're being threatened that they're gonna be put into the fire. But their response is your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us into the fire, the God we serve can rescue us. See, it sounds like, like when you read that, you, you think of, at least for me, I think of a, a strong voice. Like they must have been, you know, very confident. 
But who knows? Maybe they were shaken. <laughs> like maybe they were like, I, like I don't know what we're doing here. Like our knees are shaking. Like I, like I feel like this is what God's calling us to do, and we just got to go for it. Right? Fear is a real thing in this year, and you may be relating to that where you're standing up shaking, and you're afraid. And the reality of fear is, fear is is good. Fear is good in a way, right? Like if we didn't have fear, we would live reckless lives. If I wasn't fearful, I would go home and touch the stove. Like we're born realizing that fear is good, but the spirit of fear is wrong. The spirit of fear where fear rules you. And I believe that this year, unfortunately, has been a year where, where fear has consumed people. Where it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. See, I believe that your greatest fulfillment in life comes on the other side of your greatest fear, your greatest fulfillment. So if you feel like your knees are shaking, you feel like I can't do this, I'm scared, stand up and I believe the greatest fulfillment will come, right? Maybe you look at your 2020, you look at your season and you see this giant statue in front of you, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. saw this 90-foot statue and that's what you see. It's a statue of depression. It's a statue of fear, statue of worry, Statue where this was a year that where your finances were finally going to get in check, but then you lost your job and things are, 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 are not the way you want it to be. Or, man, I feel like marriage, this is the year of my marriage is going to be better than ever, but then things just keep getting worse and worse. And you look at this statue, but the truth is if there's a statue in front of you, that means that God put a Shadrach faith inside of you, right? If there's a statue in front of you, that means that God put an Abednego faith inside of you. Like he gave you exactly what you need to face whatever you're facing. Your greatest fulfillment will come on the other side of your greatest fear. It's not about standing up strong. It's standing up scared. For when we are weak, we are strong. His grace is sufficient. Just for the next 15 minutes, I want to talk about ways that we can stand up scared. Talk about how we can do it afraid. The first thing is this. Is a direct revelation needs to be more important than a secondhand opinion. See, if you're going to stand up in 2020, you cannot stand up on information. You need to stand up on a revelation. It's not about the wealth of knowledge. It's about the, the whisper from God. Right? The, the, the word of God is, is like a rock, a firm foundation. The revelation that you hear from Jesus, whether you're reading it in his word or you're praying and you listen to him, it's a firm foundation like it says in Psalm 62. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge a rock where no enemy can be reached. See, the world is all about information. And information is good. It makes us have better decisions, helps us be informed. But there comes a time in people's lives where you need to look past this world. You need to look past what you see with your physical eyes. And you need to look towards what God is doing, right? And I believe that there's people in this place that you're scared about what's next. But God's calling us to this place of vision. See, vision is not seeing what's now, not what's seeing what's, what's in front of your eyes. Vision is what's seeing, seeing what's next, what God is gonna do with your life. Saying, I, I don't know if I wanna step in and start this business. I don't know if I wanna step into this relationship. I don't know, and, and, and you 
are bound by fear, but if you have vision in your life, you're able to see not now, but able to see what's next. Not only that, but you're able to prophesy. See, the difference between vision and prophecy is a couple inches. It's from seeing to speaking. Not only are you going to speak what's now, you know, 2020 is a bad year. I can't believe, like, what's happening in 2020. That's speaking to the reality. But you're saying, I want a direct revelation. I want to speak to what God is doing what God is doing in this place, what God is doing in my life. But practically, how do you know the difference? Right, I, I think that that's a good question to ask. A lot of times I'm asking the same question. Is, it, is this from God? Is this my opinion? I'm trying to figure out like, am I following God or am I following what I wanna do? And trying to decipher my flesh versus my spirit. And it's a real question, it's a practical question question of how do I know the difference? The first thing is, what does the Bible, Bible say? Does it line up with the word of God, what God has put on your heart? But the second thing is, can you shake it in your spirit? See, I believe feelings will fade away. And if God put something on your heart, whether it's to move to a different city, whether it's to start a new job, whether it's to go to a different college, feelings will eventually fade. Information will eventually fade, but, but the word of God, what God is speaking to you, it, it will be so ingrained in your spirit that you cannot shake it. And this is my story into ministry. Like nobody in my family is in ministry. And I got called when I was 18 years old and, and I debated with God, like, are you sure this is what you have for me? That means I got to speak in front of people. I don't want to speak in front of people. Like, that's not, like, I remember in social studies class, like my talking about knees shaking, like my knees were shaking when they're speaking in front of 10 people, like, and God was calling me to this and I, and I ignored it for so long. And really like, I couldn't shake it in my spirit. I, like, this is something that I had to do. And so if there's something in your life where you just keep thinking about it, it's not just a feeling, but you feel like I need to reach out to this person or I need to step into this new season. Like if you can't shake it, I believe that is what God is calling you to do, to do if, if it lines with the word of God. See, it says this, uh, it's one of my favorite quotes by Leonard Ravenhill. It says, a sermon born in the head reaches the head, but a sermon born in, in the heart reaches the heart. See, when, when I preach a message, my temptation many times is to look up what other people say Okay, what is Stephen Furtick saying? What is Rich Wilkerson Jr. saying? You know, listen to somebody else's me message. I got to have the perfect, like, notable quote pull for people to, like, tweet or, or put on the Instagram. And at the end of the day, I, I realize I'm going to preach what God is moving in me, what God is stirring in me, what I can't shake from my spirit. And, and if you're in this place and you want to make an impact on people, you have to understand what moves you. What drives you? What, what is God speaking to you? Or, or it's like maybe he's not speaking to anybody else and you're mad because that person's not passionate about that injustice or, or, or that perspective and, and you're angry, but God's put that very perspective in your heart that you can't shake to step into. If you want to move others, what moves you? I love in Romans it says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. See, the world would say, that would be immaturity. If you're moved by impulses, that's just immaturity. But the spirit of God says is, is that's actually maturity. And you gotta move towards it. What moves you? What can't you shake in your spirit? What is God speaking to you? Second thing, as we talk about standing up scared, how do we stand up scared? See, I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were people that heard from God. 
They had a revelation. They could stand on the word of God. That's the only way they could stand. The second thing is this. A kick from a friend needs to be more important than kisses from an enemy. Proverbs 27, 6, I'm not making this up. It says, wombs from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. See, if we're going to stand together, we need each other. We need each other. Right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like that story, the perspective I look at, like if it was just Shadrach, like would he have stood up? Would he have been by himself standing up? Or would he have bowed down? I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I want to say I have faith in Shadrach, but I just think this story shows the importance of community. And if 2020 is anything, 2020 is a year of, of bad friendship. Like I've seen so many people get angry over the smallest things. And, and we're called to be good friends to the people around us, to love people really, really well. Like it says in Ecclesiastes, a, a strand of three cords isn't easily broken. And so we need community. We need each other. And there's a few ways I want to talk about how we can be a better friend. The first one is to speak to them, not about them. Speak to them, not about them. This is good or bad. You know, I feel like when, when someone passes away and there's a funeral, you know, a lot of times it's like people saying the same thing. Like, I, I wish I would have told them. And, and the way we can be a good friend in 2020 is to tell them. Tell them, like, like maybe everyone else around them knows how much you love them except for them. And it may feel, feel uncomfortable, may feel weird, but tell them how much you love them. Like we were called to be a good friend, but also this is in the bad or, or maybe in the challenging, in the same perspective. Like I feel like maybe it's, it's just Minnesota, maybe it's just everywhere, but a lot of times when and I know somebody has a problem with their friend, everyone else knows about it again, except for that person because they want to avoid that weird conversation or that challenging conversation, but we're called to be good friends, to be together. Like if we're going to make a stand for Jesus, if we're going to make a stand in this culture in 2020, we need each other more than ever. We need each other more than ever. Second thing is don't let frustrations turn into offense. F-E-N-S-E. Don't let frustrations turn into a fence, either being offensive or defensive. See, like when a, even the smallest frustration within a friend, it can grow if you don't take care of it. And then you find yourself being offensive and, and you're personally attacking that person or maybe you're defensive and, and you're avoiding that person or blocking that person. And you need to look at the bigger picture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm sure they had little problems with each other. I'm sure they didn't like what that person said or what that person did, but they were bound together in unity because there was a bigger picture where they said we're fighting to be able to stand for our God. And my encouragement for people here is to look at the bigger picture. Like maybe you walked into this place and you have friendships that are failing and it's over petty things. But I believe that when we look at a bigger picture, looking at the city of Minneapolis, that people are dying each day and not knowing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can be unified together when we look at the bigger picture. That ultimately we need to just find people that make you better. One thing my youth pastor would tell me growing up that it probably is the most truthful statement is, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future in five years. And it's so true. Is we should love everybody, but we should really look at who you're, who you're attached to, who you're really close with, who, who you're doing life with. And this past uh, weekend, a couple days ago, I did a wedding and, you know, I love doing weddings. 
And a verse in the Bible talking about weddings is, is in 2 Corinthians 6.14 saying, do not be unequally yoked. And, and it's talking about marriage, but I believe it, it talks about friendship. Don't be unequally yoked within friendships. See, what, what a yoke was, was a wooden frame used to attach two oxes. And so you said, okay, this ox would plow a field and has this much strength and so has this much uh, productivity. But if we attach two oxes together, they can be multiplied and they can do much better together. And it's a beautiful concept, this wooden frame attaching two people together. And that's what it talk about being, being unequally yoked is you're not yoked with somebody that you should be compatible with. And it's talking about marriages, but I, I believe it talks to friendships where a lot of times you're yoked with somebody and you're running at a different speed and you're running after God and you're standing up for God and you're doing those things. Again, love everybody, but be really careful who you attach yourself with. And, and the reality is if you're going a little bit faster, and you're yoked together, you're not going to drag that person towards you. All you're going to do is run in circles. If I'm attached to this person and I'm walking a little bit faster, you're just going to start going like this. And so maybe you're living a life where you haven't gotten much improvement in your life and you feel like you're running around in circles. Maybe it's because you're attached to the wrong people. And I believe that this year has felt like a year of bad friendships. Those are a few things that I'm talking through that we need to be good friends. If we're going to make a stand for God, if we're going to make a stand for this culture, and what God is trying to allow us to impact this culture, we need to stand together. The third thing and the final thing as we close out this message, talking about how we can stand up scared is even ifs need to be more important than what ifs. It says, but even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of a difference, O king. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold stash you set up. Even ifs need to be more important than what ifs. See, what ifs, those go in my mind all the time. I don't know if they do for you. What if this happens? What if I make a stand and God doesn't come through? What if my marriage fails? What, what if I, I start this business and I don't make enough money? What if, what if, what if, and what if? Really, it's all about fear. But even ifs, all about faith. See, what ifs, all, all about selfish motives. A lot of times the next thing after what if is I. What if I? What if I? It's never really about other people. or never really about God. What ifs are always selfish, but even if is you're being led by the Spirit. What ifs, they, they multiply. Rarely do I ever have just one what if. And if fear multiplies. Well, what if this happens? And then I think, well, what if that? And it, and it just goes down this trail. What ifs multiply, but even if they, they magnify Jesus' name, they say, this is my situation, but I'm gonna look past the situation. Even if you're still good. There's a quote that is part of this book called Dare, and it's one of the best books I've ever read, but talking about what ifs. It says, if anxious what ifs aren't responded to correctly and quickly diffused, they tend to spiral out of control, leaping from one thought to another before you know it. These what-ifs have triggered a tidal wave of adrenaline and fear answering so what, or I'm gonna replace it with even if. Answering even if is effective because it neutralizes the fear and places you back in the position of power. And we need to be put back into the position of power. And maybe you walked into this place and you're consumed with what-ifs. Maybe as I'm preaching about standing up scared, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to stand up for. But even after 
God spoke to you, all these what ifs start coming through. But know that even if you step out to start that business, even if you make a stand for Jesus Christ around your friends and nobody else is serving God, even if God is still faithful, God will never fail you, that he's always there with you. I'm gonna close this message with every head bowed and every eyes closed. And we're just gonna give somebody the opportunity to follow Jesus.